welcome back to Grid Iron Gamble, the only podcast that puts its money where its mouth is. I'm your host, Rich Ryan, and I'm joined by my fellow members of the collective, the disciple, Brett Colson, Donnie, D.P. Peters, and the resident moose himself, Mo Noir. The football season is back, and so is a loom. Dared, dared to be square last night. We were all on the square side, laying the wood, the absolute wood, with the New England Patriots, who lost outright to the chefs of Kansas City, and Alum is back for firstborns. The Vegas Revenge Tour 2017 is underway, and uh, no square will be left unturned. First of all, Mo, congratulations, 1-0 in the 2017 season. I, for one, couldn't be more excited about the Revenge Tour. <laughs> but right. uh, that being said, this is this is probably as bad as a win can get. I mean, the Chiefs are drawing dead for the Super Bowl without Eric Berry. So, oh well. The win, the win also brought you out of witness protection. So that's yeah, nice. appreciate that. For the moment, we still have a whole podcast to go. <laughs> that's right. Mo can definitely dip out when necessary. DP. How are you? I have to check, take your temperature this morning. Uh, Dynasty is over. It was a good run. What's it like? What's day day one post Dynasty like? Oh, it's so brutal. I don't. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't know. I mean, I bet everything that I own on the Patriots last night. I just. I don't. Enormous sleep. I don't. Oh. I feel really bad. Whoa. Witness protection. Mo turned into amplified Donnie there. But we got you back there at the end. Uh, you did say, I'll give you some credit, and if I was a good producer, I would have pulled the clip. You did say that the biggest concern was the front seven, and we gave you a ton of shit for it, but alas. Dude, did you see that front seven? I don't even know who that guy Marsh is that was out there running around. He was a, he was a hawk, and apparently he five was... Five-star. Was, is he five star, confirmed five-star? Yeah, my buddies told me he was an extremely highly rated uh, D-line prospect. Is he playing linebacker now? What's going on? Donnie said linebacker, but yeah, he was in for uh, linebacker after he, was on the D line. he went in for linebacker after Hightower got hurt. He was the also the player well, who who quote unquote ran into the kicker on consecutive plays. He he did not know how to cover. I mean, there was that. He shouldn't be on the team this morning. Smoked by Kareem Hunt on that play. Uh, this is the Super Contest pod. We are in the Las Vegas Super Contest. We are trying to win more than a million dollars here. And uh, you can too. You've got two more days, uh, one more day, I guess, 24 hours, to get in, to register for the Super Contest. And you can do so with our friends at footballcontest.com. Even if you live out of state, even if you live out of the United States, you can still participate as long as you register in person with a member of of footballcontest.com. So get on kayak, get on Priceline, get a last-second flight, get to the Strip, and hook up with our friends Maddie and Tony and get into this contest. I know the line was long yesterday, but it's definitely worth it, especially when we see tomorrow how many people selected the Patriots in their Week 1 card. Coffee Maker fired his card already. DGAF, injuries, whatever. Just get the card in there. And but Kazbag's 1-0. Have to give a shout-out. To the, the degenerate dad, the goat of all goats, Kaz Goat, Kazbeck, 
selected the Chiefs, took the points last night, sharp AF, and is the leader in the 2017 Super Contest. Legend. Absolute legend, Kazbek. Way to get it, kiddo. And he's a Pats fan, too, if I recall. Right, Donnie? Just he like is you. a Pats fan, yes. He's, a, he's from Massachusetts, I believe. Masshole. So how sharp though? He said uh Patriots trash without Edelman, who you guys dump on every week. Edelman is not good. It's Edelman, it's not Edelman's fault that the Pats got dumped on last night. Edelman out of your mind. Edel, Edelman can't cover Kareem Hunt. Amendola looked pretty good last night. Yeah, until he uh until he was CTE. <laughs> until he was broken. Now he's, now he's gonna yeah, be they had to peel him off the turf. Brady Brady out there throwing medicine balls. God, how bad is Tom Brady at throwing footballs? Honestly. Hasn't been good in years. <laughs> how is Belichick gonna game plan around him this year for well, seventeen games? Jimmy G or seventeen weeks. Jimmy G, it's time. Bring in the prodigal son. All right, I've been teasing all season that we are changing the way. I shouldn't say all season, all preseason. We are changing the way we select games for the Super Contest. So here we are. In the past, everybody picked games and then gave them a confidence score. We threw them in an aggregator, which I probably got wrong multiple times because I'm not really good at math, but nobody was auditing me. And then we would submit the top five picks. Clean and easy. What we're going to do this year... We went and we looked back, and we looked at how well our top picks performed, and we saw that we actually would have done better had we just taken each cast member's top pick and submitted that. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to essentially draft our card for the first four picks with each host getting one selection, one game that they are fully invested in in that they have total ownership over on the card, and then the fifth pick will come from the aggregate. So whatever the next highest pick remaining is will also go on the card. So I think this will help with some extra motivation. Again, ownership. These guys and myself, we've got to own our pick. It is ours. We put it in. So we really have to focus and research and get it right. And Yeah, I feel like this could lead to some splintering in the collective. Oh, it's good. It'll be so good for the show, though. Like when somebody starts off 0-4, and we're just badgering them endlessly. You guys ready for that? Is who's who's going to get off to the slow start and start melting under the pressure? Nobody. I like the crickets. I, I hope it's not me. I like the crickets. Everybody. Well, you put two things in there. I might get off to a slow start, but there's no way in hell I'm ever melting to the pressure, so that doesn't apply. <laughs> That's right. DP is not going to melt for anything. Uh, he He always gets off to the fast start anyways. And then plummets at the end. When the lines get sharp, Donnie plummets. Yep. I, I use yeah. I usually switch and I, I try and get sharper as we go along. But maybe I should just stay square the entire time. Dare to be square. It's gonna change the vetoes as well. Each host still has a one veto, but they can't veto the collective pick. They can only veto another host pick, which also makes the tensions rise. Uh, if the veto is successful, meaning you put in a winner and remove a loser, the host will retain their veto. If the veto is inconsequential, a.k.a. a winner for a winner or a loser for a loser, the host loses the veto. And if they put in a loser and take out a winner, not only does the host lose their veto power, the other host gets a free veto against the original host. So 
This is like some reality show shit. Yeah, man. I'm coming for you, Mo. Your chief shouldn't have taken us out like that last night. I I can't wait until the first video. How angry. (laughs) We're going to do the order of picks by the previous week's record. So this year we'll do the previous season's record, which means it will be Mo, Donnie, Brett, and then myself bringing up the rear. But we'll save the official picks for later. And we'll start, as we will every week, with games that we are split right down the middle on. So there are four split games this week. I'll go in order of start time. We have Bengals-Ravens and Jags-Texans, two early start games, on Sunday. And then at the 4 o'clock time slot, we have Packers-Seahawks and Niners-Panthers. Let's start with Ravens Bengals because that's where we have our highest ranking, and that's Donnie. Donnie has the Bengals in his card. Your third most uh, popular pick or most confident pick, Bengals minus two and a half at home to the Ravens. Uh, let us in, DP. What what are you seeing here? Uh, you know, Bengals short of a field goal here kind of feels like stealing to me. Um, I had him. Higher, actually, if you can believe that. But I moved the other two games that are on my card above it up throughout my process of looking at the games. Uh, I'm going to slow my roll a little bit also because these AFC North games tend to be just total bloodbaths on the field and battles and really close games. Um, So I just see Cincinnati's offense, you know, performing fairly well on this one against the Ravens team that I don't think is going to be able to score really any points whatsoever. I mean, Flacco's got that injury thing lingering. Um, I think, you know, even without John Ross, A.J. Green's going to do just fine. Uh, Tyler Eifert, Brandon LaFell, perfect secondary options to A.J. Green. Uh, Joe Mixon, I think he's going to have a great game uh, coming out as a rookie. It may not be Kareem Hunt-esque from from Thursday night, but I think he's going to do just fine. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I think, you know, I capped this game more at like three and a half. Um, I think the the Bengals should be a little bit more of a favorite at home. But, uh but yeah, let's go. Let's go Cincinnati. I'm not a huge Cincinnati guy, as you guys all know, but, you know, I mean, I'm in. Yeah, I'm into them this week. Don't you hate the Bengals? I do hate the Bengals, but, I mean, I really hate the Ravens this year. I think that they're just – I mean, minus Harbaugh as the coach, I'm just – I don't think they have anything going for them. Don't you hate the Ravens, Rich? I do, and you know that I selected the Ravens because you selected the Bengals. <laughs> And are the other side that's of this. Why, this I want to hear what you have to say. Because you spent the whole preseason telling us how terrible the Ravens are. Well, I'm going to kick it over to the person I've been listening to and who I'm trusting here. And that's Burt Minotti. Uh, I have the Ravens a tick higher than Brett. But Brett probably has more conviction than me. So I'm going to let him take the wheel here on the Ravens. Yeah. Why is everybody sleeping on the Ravens? Look at this defense. This defense is loaded. They have no leaks. I don't see how the the Bengals are going to be able to move the football in this game. This is not a sexy team by any means, but when are the Ravens ever a sexy team? They just go out there, they win their eight games. I don't, I don't think Cincinnati is going to be able to move the ball at all this week. I've got, I've got this as a pick. I think Baltimore is just a better football team. So my concerns in heading into this game, and and I'm glad Brett hopped in there twofold on the Bengals' side of the ball. They're without Vontez Perfect and Pac-Man Jones, both out via suspension. 
And, well, I guess I should go to the offensive side for the Bengals as well. There's been so many reports about the Bengals' offensive line being very, very bad entering the season, which I myself can't measure. I just have to go off of what other people are saying. So uh, I could be totally wrong in listening to the wrong people, but that combination scares me. Uh, Two of their marquee defenders being out and their offensive line being in shambles against... What the Raven, what Brett just said in a good Ravens defense. I, I'm, I'm still concerned about the Ravens offense. I think they have O-line problems. I think they have a ton of injuries that they're going to have to deal with. But, I mean, their defense is super solid. So that can carry them in a game where they're playing as a poor offensive line, I think. And the line is just kind of weird to me. The, the plus two and a half feels like they're screaming at you to lay the wood, lay short of a field goal. So, uh, And if you look at Pinnacle, it is at three, and the plus three is minus 114 in favor of the Ravens. So not terribly confident in this game, but I just think it's the right side. Mo, what are your thoughts? Uh, I just think these teams are roughly even in talent level. Uh, So I do think the Bengals should be minus three. I don't love the Bengals. I don't. I mean, they're right in the middle of my picks. I think, man, one unit I feel is going to be as good as any unit in football is this Ravens secondary. This Ravens secondary looks really, really strong to me. I do feel you're going to have to run the ball on the Ravens. I looked over the O-line stats. Cincinnati wasn't horrible last year. They were right in the middle of the pack. So to me, this just comes down to how their O-line and Joe Mixon look. Um, and I'm not terribly confident in that. Obviously, it's a rookie. You don't really know what you know what it's going to look like. So I didn't love it, but I do think, you know, like you said, I, I man, I this Ravens offense worries me. <laughs> they don't look they don't look like they're going to be very good. And the Bengals have a decent defense as well. So I definitely see this being kind of a slobber knocker type of game. Uh and, you know, if it comes down to turnovers, I'd rather trust Andy Dalton with the ball than Joe Flacco. Wow. <laughs> I mean, this guy is, he doesn't give a shit. He just goes up and wings it. The I don't think, uh, Brett, go ahead. No, he, as he said, who, like, nobody gives a shit. Why are we spending so much time on this game? Yeah. <laughs> nobody, nobody cares about this game. Uh, I, I was just about to say, I don't think Brett, Mo, or myself are going to the window f- for this game, Donnie, you're confident in the Bengals. Will, will you be placing real American dollars on them? Uh, it depends. It depends if I can get my bets in or not. No, I, I will. I will be trying to. Yes. And but, and the super contest line is obviously more enticing than the real world line of three. Uh, the other one o'clock game that we are on is Jags at Texans. Again, split right down the middle with the most confident person being Brett taking the five points with my beloved Jacksonville Jaguars. What you got for us, Bert Minotti? This is kind of a weird pick because I've been so low on the Jaguars all year. I just think they're going to come out really strong this week. Uh, This defense against Tom Savage, I talked about it on the Fantasy Podcast yesterday. Uh, Without Dwayne Brown this week, the Texans are going to be really really weak on that left side. And I think they're going to be able to get to, to Savage, uh, force him into mistakes, 
uh, get some sacks and and hold this Texans offense to maybe you know 10 to, to 14 points and I think that'll be enough for them to possibly uh, get a get a win this week I think this is, you're looking at a low scoring game this week I think this is a, a bet the under game but I definitely like the Jaguars side Donnie is the other player on the Jaguars you have mirrors your last pick though anything to add really here DP I have no idea what I want to do with this game, so all right, all right. give me the points to get at the bottom. Let's go. All right, Mo, let's get on the ultra square side then. Uh, I'll, I'll be the first to talk. This has nothing to do with football. <laughs> this is... Yep, this is narrative, Bill. That's what I'm scared of here. All in, all in on narrative. I mean, I just have uh, shades of Steve Gleason. Steve Gleason, is that the correct name? Blocking a Monday night football punt at home in the Superdome post-Katrina and the entire stadium going wild. there's just something about events like that that can fill a stadium and just it's immeasurable and weird and just very strange. And I do not want anything to do with the Jags in this game because of it. I know it's stupid. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm not like I wanted to love the Jags, but this is all narrative bill for me. I'm scared that the Texans are going to come out. Buckus crowd. Do win one for the Gipper here. Like it's not. I mean, it's one of those things where I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is going to run faster during the game because the crowd is ex- is ecstatic. Like I don't think JJ Watt is going to do better swim moves. Right on on more heart though. Right. It's just going to be. There's going to be small situations where there's just a little more energy in the tank, or as a team they'll trust each other just a little bit more. And there's so we're always looking for small edges and there's no way to measure these small edges, but I do think they're a thing in a situation as catastrophic as this. And it's week one guys. How is it? How is the, the crowd going to be any more hyped dude, than it already would be in dude, week one? Cause they're coming off of a devastating tragedy. Like sporting events are the beacon of light in total despair that can allow these people to forget all the horrific things that happened over the last couple of weeks and just put put aside three hours and focus on one thing. And if the Texans make any solid plays in the first quarter, that kind of frenzy can carry throughout the game. I, 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 it's weird. Trust me. I'm, I'm never the guy to be heart rankings, you know, feel player thing, but situations like this, I, I somewhat believe that that there is going to be some kind of energy that is positively affecting the Houston team. They still have Tom Savage a quarterback, and the Jags still have Bortles. <laughs> like, yeah, if it was a really good team on the other side, it would be harder for me to to make this argument. But it is a an average at best team on the other side. Mo, I'm 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 glad I'm not the only crazy on the podcast. <laughs> I'm surprised DP isn't buying that side. Yeah, DP's that usually like a Donnie, yeah. No, see, I kind of think that this whole hurricane thing, tropical storm, whatever you, whatever it actually is, uh, might be working against the Texans. I mean, J.J. Watt's been raising $27 million and not caring about football, oh, which stop. great. That's not awesome. Caring but... about football. No, I mean, I'm he's just been, saying. He's been, he's you been know, holding a, an iPhone and, and talking into a, a video. Listen, man, distractions can happen. 
That's all I'm saying. You know much off time this Again, this is my one pointer, so I'm not going to be going crazy over this, but I'm just saying, I'm just playing devil's advocate to you guys over there in Narrativeville saying that this can be the other side of the narrative. All right, let's go to Panthers Niners real quick because Hawks Packers is probably the most exciting game on the board on Sunday. I'm the highest in this game. I've got the Niners plus the five and a half at home. This is just a, it's just a take the right side to me kind of play. Uh, we haven't seen Cam Newton play a full professional football game since the rotator cuff surgery. So it's within the range of outcomes that he isn't at full strength. Uh, and they need to change the, uh, it's one of the reasons maybe they change the offense to keep everything shorter. That's just me buying into another narrative, but, uh, I've been a Kyle Shanahan guy on the podcast this whole offseason. I don't think that I would be laying the 11.5 if this game was in Charlotte, North Carolina. So I'm just taking what I think is the right side uh, and taking the points with a home team on opening weekend. Brett has been the Carolina guy all offseason, so unsurprisingly he's the highest on the Panthers in this spot. What you got, Brett? Yeah, I really wanted to take the Niners in this spot. I think they're going to see some huge uh, improvements in record and just overall as, as a squad. But then I, I looked at this Panthers roster again, and it is it is just so strong this year. And, and yeah, the, the, there is worry about Cam going into the season, but uh, it, it, they're just a much better football team than the 49ers if, in all facets. So uh, I'm super high going into the season on the Panthers. I, I need to, to ride that enthusiasm with my week one picks. So uh, I don't have this too high. It's right in the middle of the pack for me, but uh, I do like the Panthers at minus five and a half. Yeah. I don't know if I'd bet real dollars on the Niners, but given the exercise that we have to pick every game and rank them. Uh, yeah. I, I just think that San Francisco is the right side. Mo, Donnie, you both had them very low. Mo taking the points, Donnie laying the wood. Donnie, anything to add here? No, I mean, I'm just, you know, on the same side as Brett, uh, Panthers are the better team. So I will, you know, pinch my nose and take the points or lay the points. Sorry. Um, with the better team here, Mo, I don't really carry the way. Mo just doesn't have it in his fiber to lay the points here. That's what it was. But you know, <laughs> uh, man, the Niners have to be the right side. I actually had this in my middle tier, but this pick makes me queasy. I, maybe it's just lingering stench over last year how many times we got torched on the Niners but I was gonna say are Brett and I the only ones that have learned from the past from I I have to see the Niners come out and play a competitive game before I can start confidently firing on them but I mean look at this it's five and a half the public is absolutely all in on the Panthers 80 percent yet the penny line is already down to five I mean it's got to be the right side I just I got, I got to see the Niners compete with my own two eyes before I feel comfortable doing this. Yeah, small steam in the direction of the Niners, as Mo noted. And in, uh, uh, I was I was going to pull up the uh, Pro Football Focus projected box score, and they actually have Carolina as a heavier favorite. <laughs> they have Carolina minus six. So maybe a reason to be uh, a little worried if you like taking the points in that scenario. All right, the last split game, it is the marquee matchup of Sunday. It is Hawks at Packers. Nobody terribly confident in this game except for Mo. Mo this was strange uh to me for you to be all in on a, on what seemed like one of the most fair lines of the weekend, but you've got the goat, you're laying 3 with the Packers. Okay, you know, this one is Rodgers at home. 
first of all. Rodgers at home is one of the juggernauts. But just overall, I think the Packers are slightly, slightly a hair better than the Hawks, and this should maybe be minus three and a half. I just think when it comes down to this game, when you have two relatively evenly talented teams, you got some matchup issues where like the Hawks, their strength, their secondary, but Rodgers is a guy even going up against a strong defense. I still trust him, especially at home, to come out and make positive plays for his team. And then you look at the other side of the ball where the Packers, they're one of their strengths. You know, they don't have the best defense, but they do have Clay Matthews and a pretty nice pass rush. They were all right against the pass last year. And this Seahawks O-line is still absolute hot garbage. Nothing at tackle. So I just see a really, really long day for whoever is blocking or pretending to block Clay Matthews. So I just think the Pat can more efficiently neutralize the Hawks' strengths, whereas maybe it's not so much the other way around. So and coming off where I think it should be coming off a key number here. So... I just had to rank the pack up there, I guess. I mean, I didn't absolutely love it. It's not in my top tier. It's in my middle tier, but I still think it's fine to fire the pack minus three here. Brett on the pack with his second to last pick. Donnie, Seahawks in the middle of the pack, so I'll get to you in a second. I had the Seahawks as my very last pick. I think this is a fair line. Just going to grab the points, but this is not something that's going to get me excited and get to the window to place a bet down. Donnie, Hawks, more in the middle of the pack. You're believing in the defense. You're believing in my boy, Sheldon Richardson. I am. I mean, I, I just think this is going to be a really close game, so give me the points. I'm not really thrilled to, if I you know had to place a wager on it myself, um, but get, it was. I'm more confident in the Seahawks here, plus three, than I am about the, the other games below on my card. But, uh, yeah, I'm not exactly you know, going crazy over this one. All right. So those are the four split games. We only have one lone wolf this week. Let's figure out who it is. It's not a terribly high pick. A lot of group think this week, tons of consensus picks. From the collective, nine on our cards, ten if you include that terrible Patriots pick last night. So one lone wolf, it's Burt Minotti, the disciple, and it's the Detroit Lions, home dog, plus two, hosting the Arizona Cardinals. Not too terribly confident here, Brett, but what made you click Lions in the spot? Yeah, not confident at all, really. But 65% betting the cards as road favorites. I mean, we've been here before, right? I don't bet Carson Palmer on the road, especially laying the wood against a functioning offense that can outscore him. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, Stafford, season opener at home. I think he's going to – Donnie liked this offense for, for fantasy purposes. I think they're going to put up a lot of points against this Cardinals defense this week. So uh, I think they can get the win, but I – would not touch this game. I remember when you all balked at me saying Carson Palmer was Cutler with a different haircut. All each and every one of you balked at that statement. And here we are. We all we all realize that Carson is a walking dumpster fire. Mo, I'm surprised 
you didn't click lines here out of principle. What's going on? Uh, this one was a fair line for me. You saw where it's out on my card. It's it's third to the bottom. Um, I do think the Cardinals' defense is going to take a little bit of a step back. I mean, how can they not? They lost a couple key pieces uh, in the secondary and up front. But at the same time, this line team looks pretty bad. Uh, yeah, just a fair line to me. I can't really say I have much of a strong lean either way. If you like Lions in this spot, I'm not very strong either with the cards. I just think uh, right side, um, same with DP, lower tier pick for him. But if you like the Lions in this spot, I would advise waiting for the line to get a little bit larger, perhaps. Might be a scenario where they need some Detroit money late after taking so so many heavy bets on Arizona, where you might be able to get it at three if you're lucky, two and a half. It's minus 110 right now on the minus two. So you could have an opportunity to take a larger number. I'd keep an eye on that. If Or just fire Detroit on a teaser. Yeah, fire them on a teaser, get them up to eight, uh, get, get your Wong action on. Those options are definitely on the board rather than taking uh, a number short of a field goal. All right, we're going to reveal our picks in just a moment. But before we do, let's take a step into the Blue Apron kitchen. Guys, by going to blueapron.com slash gridirongamble, you can get $30 off your first order and get fresh farmed ingredients right at your door. Some of the items this week include pork cacciatore with tomatoes and frigula, sarda pasta, and seared beef medallions with Prince of Orange potatoes and caper butter pan sauce. BlueApron.com slash gridirongamble. Support your stomach. Support the collective. That's BlueApron.com slash gridirongamble. All right. Here we go. The new format as I noted at the top of the show, the first selection this year is Mo. He led the pack last year in top five picks. So he gets to put the first game on the card this season. No pressure, Mo. Who's going on the card? Well, this is a team that I think Brett must have loved too, based on what he was saying in the Skype thread. It's the Redskins. I can't make an ounce of sense out of this line. How... Can the Redskins be home dogs here? We all know, um, first of all, we've all established in the past on this show, NFC East dogs. Rule of NFC East. (laughs) The most profitable bets. What what was that? Yeah, rule of NFC East. Take the dog. Yeah, rule of NFC East. So, and then on top of that, I mean, what is going on? Like, what is Kirk Cousins dead? I don't know what, what this is. Pure talent level seems roughly even between these teams. I mean, you look up and down these rosters. The Eagles have probably the more talented defense. The Redskins have much, much better players on offense. I, It does worry me to fire Kirk Cousins against the defense with a pulse. We all know how that usually goes for him. He just shreds the bad defenses, and then he struggles against the good defenses. But it does help that he's at home here. Um, there's still a weak spot that he can pick on. Looking at this roster, Brett identified it in the DFS podcast, I think, 
Jalen Mills. They've got a seventh rounder starting at corner. Uh, that's always going to be worrisome. Uh, Carson Wentz with a mediocre at best running game backing him against what looks to me like a solid Redskins defense. I don't understand this line at all. Somehow the public is still coming in on the Eagles. So give me the Redskins all day here. You mentioned Brett had this, had he had the first pick, he would have taken the Redskins as well. The Washington racial slurs. It was your first overall selection. Your most confident pick as well, Brett add on to what Mo's talking about. Yeah. Mo's dead on. This is, this is law of NFC East. I mean, divisional home dog in week one, it just has to be the right side. The skins opened as a field goal favorite. That's where the line should be. Just set it at three and see what happens. I am a little nervous about the sharp action on the Eagles. I know, Rich, you talked about that yesterday. Uh, And this offensive line in Philly does look really, really good. The Redskins won both of these matchups last year, but the Eagles did not have Lane Johnson in those games. That's a huge addition for the Eagles in this matchup. But, again, I just – I think you have to take the home dog here. I – I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. I think both teams are going to be able to move the ball with ease. But I've got the Skins coming out ahead. I think it's going to be a close game, but uh, the Skins are going to win by three or seven points. Yeah, sharp action on the Eagles makes me queasy. Eagles finishing fourth in defense DVOA, second against the pass last year. Leaves me queasy. But but I get it. I, I get law of NFC East. I did end up taking Washington, but putting them in my lower tier, I, I, I get all that. It's just... This feels exactly like last year when you guys were all over the Cowboys as short home dogs and we barely survived by, I think, a one-point cover uh, when the Giants won outright by a small amount. We had the Cowboys plus two. I think that I think the Giants won by one and we had the Cowboys plus two, I believe. But Yeah, 20 to 19. But didn't like, didn't like the side at any point during that football game. Uh, DP, anything to add? You've got Washington in your card as well. You have them fourth overall. Yeah, totally agree with Brett and Mo. Uh, I'm equally as perplexed by this line. Um, I after I saw the line originally and it came out on Wednesday, I checked numerous places to make sure that this line was correct. Um, the only I'm so perplexed that I I had to drop it down on my card. It was higher. I started off putting it as number one, and I as I was doing my my things last night i just had to drop it down because i was like there's some there seems to be something amiss here i don't know what it is i have no idea like most said maybe kirk cousins is dead and we don't know about it but this should be at its lowest redskins minus two and a half you know but it really should be just minus three hang it stick it there divisional game and leave it i don't i really don't understand this at all so the washington racial slurs consensus pick on the card donnie will keep it with you you are on the clock with the second pick, and it's also Brett's second pick. Uh, so Brett's top two are getting on the card. DP, give us game number two. What's up, Brett? I'm on the Chargers train with you. Let's go. Chargers plus three on the road, playing against the Denver Broncos, who I I mean, I talked about how earlier how I think the Baltimore Ravens don't have an offense. I have no idea what the Denver Broncos are going to do on offense. Um, the more I looked into the, this Chargers team, the more and more I like the offense. Um, you know, in general, the the uh, the NFL tends to have a lot of parity. It tends to flip back and 
flip back and forth uh, with a lot of teams. I think the Chargers are going to bounce back really well this year. Um, I know Brett's been touting that for weeks now, so I'm a little late to the party. But I'm here, Brett. Pour me a drink. Let's go. I'm all in. Chargers plus three. This line should be Broncos minus one. I mean, it. I just don't see it at all. Um, the defense is getting older. I don't see them really stopping or being able to score uh, with the Chargers. And then on the Chargers defense, uh, I mean, Joey Bosa had a hell of a year last year, 10 and a half sacks in just 12 games, 11 starts. Melvin Ingram, he looked really good last year and the year before. And now he's going to be moving to defensive end opposite Bosa. So um, I like them to give uh, Trevor Simeon and that Denver offense uh, fits all day. Brett, tell us why the Los Angeles Super Bowl hype train starts Monday night. I had this game circled for months. I thought for sure this would be number one on my card uh, until I saw the Redskins line. But it's more like 1A and 1B here. I mean, the Chargers are the team I am highest on going into the season. The Broncos Broncos are the team I am lowest on going into the season. So let's attack that market inefficiency. I would have liked to see the line hold at 3.5. I was really hoping for 3.5. Uh, that it would have for sure been number one on my card if it was three and a half, but uh, I had this as a pick. So gladly taking the field goal here. This is just a team on the rise against a team that is declining rapidly and doesn't have a quarterback. There's this team does not have an offense. So I don't see any way the Broncos keep up with the chargers. I, I'm expecting a blowout here. I think this, I think this is going to happen as Brett chargers. Okay. Yeah. The suit, the Super Bowl run begins in week one. Sorry. I, ste- I stepped on the, the, the exclamation point there. I fucked that up. Uh, as Brett noted, it is three and a half on Pinnacle, but super steam in the Chargers direction. Minus 123 if you want to get the hook. Same thing with the Monday night game. Uh, three and a half Saints uh, steaming minus 119. So I guess they're going to settle at three, but for some reason they just want to get money on the dog. I don't, I don't understand what those the hooks are for. Uh, Mo, you are the next, po- um, next most confident on the Chargers. Also on your card. Tell us why. Uh, just like Donnie, I also cap this. At, I think this is, should be Denver minus one. Um, the Chargers look like an overall more talented team to me. Uh, it does worry me that the Chargers had a, a poor O-line last year. And this is not the team you want to have a poor O-line against. Uh, but the big key is going to be the Chargers getting their running game going. Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon against what looks to me like a really soft interior of uh, this Denver. He's had a lot of success last year running on this team. This is how you attack these guys. You run straight ahead. The Chargers have Melvin Gordon. I know people look at this Denver defense and just automatically assume these guys are GOAT. And yeah, they have been fantastic the last couple of years. But you look at the middle of this D-line. I mean, they have Damata Pico, which Brett, as Brett noted, that's not a good football player. And their other guy, sorry, part of a Husker, but Jared Crick is not good. He is a below average player. There is a vulnerability here, and Melvin Gordon could be the guy to exploit it. This is a consensus pick. I, too, have the Chargers, but I I believe... In the Broncos' defense, guys. Uh, and I want to see, as most said, I want to see the Chargers' O-line put together a full game. I want to make sure that Phillip Rivers has a pulse. So I have this closer to my lower tier. I think it's 
a fair line based upon what we know right now. Can I be? Can I? Can I see myself being completely wrong at this time next week and the Chargers blowing the doors off the Broncos? Yes, but the last time I saw these two teams play meaningful football games, the Broncos' defense was still elite, and the Chargers' O line was still subpar. So, I hope you guys are correct in your convictions. Brett, they took your first pick. They took your second pick. Your your card's basically getting on the card here. Uh, so it's your third pick. Your third. What is your third most popular pick? What are you putting on the card? I'm looking at this glorious Bills-Jets matchup on Sunday. Pretty amazing that the winner of this game will be sitting alone atop the AFC East on Sunday afternoon. Uh, I've got the Jets at plus eight and a half. I don't know what this line is. And when we first talked about this game months ago, the Bills were seven-point favorites. And I liked the Bills at that point. They had new culture. No more of the Rex Ryan distraction bullshit. Sean McDermott, all business from the moment he stepped in the door. But then they trade Sammy Watkins. They trade Ronald Darby, two of their best players. They trade Reggie Ragland. Threw in the towel before the first snap of the season. And now the line is eight and a half. What am I missing here? I mean, I understand this Jets roster is really bad. They do not have a trustworthy pass catcher on the field. Uh, but the same can be said for this Bills secondary. I don't know who any of these guys are. They don't have a single returning starter at defensive back. So say what you will about this Jets offense. I still think they can move the ball on Sunday. Cade McDown, our guy, he's a veteran. He covers. Uh, this line should just be six. Uh, so I'll I'll have I'll happily take the eight and a half. I don't I don't understand why the line has moved the other way. Moose, Can you guys explain that for me? I, I don't get it. Moves to eight and a half. The public is still fifty five percent on the Bills. This is just a summer of narrative that the Jets are going to be the worst football team in the history of the sport. And everyone just, okay, so they're playing and I can just lay infinite points against them and we're going to cover and be fine. And it's just it's just not the case. Pro Football Focus box score has us as Bills minus three. I think it's a little bit closer to five, six. But even then, I wouldn't be running to the window to bet a team, as Brett noted, that is throwing the towel in and looking like they're trying to lose. Now you can't get to the players and and tell them to lose. I've I've always been uh I've always tried to explain that on this pod that players don't tank. Organizations put themselves in situations to tank. But eight and a half is just it's just insane. This this was my top pick. It was Donnie's second pick. It was Moe's second pick. So ironically, Brett was the lowest on him and he has to put them Wow, that's that's messed up. So if we lose this one, it's on me, right? Yeah, it is. It is. You put them on the card. This this line is just perplexing to me. Fire it all on eight and a half. This this may be your one opportunity to cash a winning ticket on the Jets this season. Brett, uh, Donnie, Mo, anything? Yeah, I would like to add something. I think you must be right, Rich, because I talked to my friend who is pretty sharp about football and. I mentioned this line to him, and he was like, and I said, hey, look, they're what is this line? They're pricing the Jets like they're the worst team ever. And he's like, what do you mean? They might be. I Do people not remember these uh, what Detroit and Colts teams that drafted Stafford and Luck? Uh, they were quarterbacked by, like, Curtis Painter. And 
who the hell? Dan Orlovsky? I mean, the, it's Cade McNown. He's got a pulse. This I mean, team isn't like the worst. And just, I mean, they're going to be the worst team maybe this year, but they're not like historically bad. And I've like never seen a three and a half win total. I, I've seen so many really bad rosters with four, four and a half win totals. I, I don't get it. But but you must be right about the narrative thing. People are just eating that up, I guess. I don't understand what's going on. Having Mo Wilkerson and Leonard Williams on your team immediately puts you like in the fifth percentile in, in terms of all-time teams. Yeah, that's the thing. How can you look at this front four and be like, yeah, this is the worst team ever? <laughs> you just can't. And And I get all the secondary concerns if you look at last year. I understand. Dead last, if I recall correctly, in pass defense, DVOA, I'll actually pull it up right now. Uh, but that makes this a good matchup for them because the Bills are going to want to run the ball, and this team can stop the run. 31st in pass defense DVOA, but moreover, this team is completely different. They used two top 40 picks on safeties, and they brought in Morris Claiborne, who graded as an 85 at cornerback on Pro Football Focus last year. They also got rid of Revis, which allows them to scheme in some zone. Uh, not having to rely on Revis's man capabilities, and you can go to some more zone looks, which if if there's a single thing that Bowles is good at, if if he can still reach back into his past and be good at something, it's scheming a secondary. That's all he did in Arizona was do cool things with Tyron Mathau uh, and, uh, and guys like Dion Buchanan, who he moved from safety to linebacker and did all these creative things uh, in the secondary. If Bowles still has that in him, having new fresh blood that isn't absolutely woat is going to have some positive impact. Am I saying they're going to be top 10 in pass defense DVOA? No, but I could see them being low 20s this year, or at least closer to average, which would give them somewhat of a pulse. And on, t- on top of all that, I still think they're a four or five win team. Uh, but... They're not eight and a half point dogs on the road against the Buffalo Bills. So it's just perplexing. All right, my pick, unless Donnie wants to add anything about uh, the the Jets who will be who are gonna win this game, by the way, and be in first place. Anything to add, DP? Nothing that you guys didn't already say. Line should be six. That's all I'm gonna say. I also want to just play this real quick. The Bills make me wanna Brett talked about circling a game. And knowing as soon as he saw the first line that it was going to be on his card. I can say the same for my second pick. The Jets were my first. It's a game that I've been very excited about for what seems like months when I first saw this line. It is completely on brand. It is a quarterback that will make most of our Twitter followers queasy. I'm taking the eight and a half with my Cleveland Browns. Love this spot for Cleveland. Pittsburgh, we know all about them. We know they're hyper-efficient on offense. We know the killer bees, Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell. But would we really just outright lay the 14 and a half with them week one. I I couldn't do that. Not knowing very much about the 2017 outlook. I mean, we just don't know who these teams are yet. We just saw a nine point favorite get thrashed at home 
totally manhandled at the point of attack, at the line of scrimmage, in front of the entire world. And to say that we can just lay eight and a half on the road is just mind-boggling to me. If we look back at history, road teams giving more than a touchdown week one of the NFL season are four and nine against the spread since the merger, four and nine against the spread, and three of those teams lost outright, laying more than a touchdown on the road in week one. Shout out to Jim Mora. You think you know, but you don't know. The Miles Garrett injury, worrisome. But Deshaun Kaiser having a pulse and Hugh Jackson being one of the sharper offensive coaches gives me a lot of excitement. Give me the Browns, totally on brand. Super excited about this pick. And it looks like it would have made everybody's card except for Donnie. Donnie, I thought you were with me, man. I thought you were Browns all the way. What's happening here? I am Browns all the way, but every game above them, I just liked a little bit more. It's honestly, I you probably could have taken, so that game, that game and everything above it on my card and just thrown them into a hat and pulled them out one by one and told me that was my number one pick and I would be fine with it. Brett, I thought you were going to be queasy about this game, but you two have this in your card. Of course I'm fucking queasy. It's the Browns. <laughs> but it's the right side, so let's go. We got Deshaun Kaiser on the card, guys. Mo, how excited are you? I'm actually pretty high. This has to be the right side. Come on. I mean, eight and a half at home. Steelers would really be minus 14 plus. I mean, give me the Browns. Hopefully looking more and more like a pro football team. I I am really it does suck about the Garrett thing, but still team should be much more competitive this year. Yeah, uh, rookie hopefully, rookie pass rusher. I would like to see Campy. Joe Thomas in this line healthier and maybe a QB with a pulse one time. I mean, let's go. Yeah, they use their cap to sure up the offense. Well, they use part of their cap to trade for a second round pick and drop Brock Osweiler, but they used. Uh, the majority of their cap in the offseason to shore up that offensive line, which is going to be very helpful if they perform for a rookie quarterback. Miles Garrett, rookie pass rusher. I don't know how many points we can assign an injury like that. Probably not too many at this point. Uh, <laughs> I'm super excited about this pick. Uh, and I can't wait till a fan of the collective sends us a screenshot. Need the money line parlay, Jets Browns. Absolutely need it. No, nobody's with what, me on that. One. What's that gonna pay? That, that's uh, I'm curious. Infinite. All right, it's the time everybody's been waiting for. It's the time for the collective pick. We've had our hosts make their selections so far. We have Washington plus one, Chargers plus three, Jets plus eight. Such an on-brand card, and Browns plus eight and a half. But now we got to fire up the machine, fire up the collective, and see who we, as a foursome, decided to pick. The collective chooses the Chicago Bears. How on brand. Yes, I'm so happy. <laughs> that is fantastic. How on brand to have Mike Glennon on the card. <laughs> well done, gents. We did this? 
moreover, it didn't matter what we did uh, changing the process. This was our card using the aggregate, too. Jets, Browns, Chargers, Washington racial slurs, and Bears. So no matter what we did, that would have been the card. Who's most queasy about the Bears? Let me look across at the rankings. It's got to be you, Mo. You're the lowest on the Bears. I am, I am a little bit queasy about the Bears, but whatever. This has to be the right. I mean, it's definitely the sharp side. Public is, uh, this is one of the, the top public. This one and the Panthers were the top two, right? Yeah, 77%. Just just lining up to just lay the points here on the road with the Falcons, who I actually think this defense is going to be better and pretty solid, but could definitely see a good amount of regression happening on this offense. I mean, Matt Ryan had a career year. Is that really going to happen again? Donnie, you were the most excited when you heard that sounder. Let me know why. I thought you were actually going to pick the way that you introed your pick. I thought that you were going to go to Mike Lennon and pick the Bears. Um, I didn't think you were going to the Browns, but I'm I'm super happy. I mean, I think this line is higher than it should be, uh, mostly because of public perception. Uh, you know, everyone thinks that the Falcons are still this super high-powered offense, which they will be a good offense, but I've said it before. I'll say it again. Huge regression coming from them. I think we're looking at like 7-9 and nine after that Super Bowl hangover, really. I would not be surprised in the slightest if the Bears win this game outright. Shock the world. Let's go. Shock the world. Brett, you had them right outside your top five. So you got to be feeling good. Yeah, I don't know why I picked the Jaguars over the Bears because I love the Bears this week. That was probably a mistake. But it doesn't matter because we got them on the card. I, this, is just, this is full regression for the Falcons. People are paying for what happened last year. This team's not even going to make the playoffs this year. Kyle Shanahan's gone. That guy took them to the Super Bowl last year. So, yeah, I, I I love the Bears here. I wish we were getting seven, but I'll take the six and a half. Kendall Wright hype. Let's go. What a card. Uh, the plus six and a half is also minus 111 right now on Pinnacle. Always a good sign that it is steaming in that direction. And as Brett uh, Mo noted, people are just lining up 77% to get on the road favorite Atlanta Falcons. So here is the card to recap. We've got Washington at home plus the one against Philadelphia. Chargers plus three at Denver. The Jets getting eight and a half at Buffalo. The Browns, big home dogs, eight and a half against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the Chicago Bears, plus the six and a half at home against the Falcons. If you want to get your pick to us, we are doing the contest again. Send one super contest pick to us, either on Twitter at GridironGamble or to the email GridironGamblePodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. We've got at Brett Colson, C-O-L-L-S-O-N, at Mo Nawara, N-U-W-W-A-R-A-H, at Donnie underscore Peters, and I'm at Rich T. Ryan. Full slate of games, finally, on Sunday. Best of luck in your betting ventures. We'll see you for the recap next week. Peace. Out.
five and zero. Oh. 